To you it's just a game, for me it's all I know I make them remember my name before I have to go Losing, I can't fathom, that's a champion's passion Confidence never lacking, drop the beat, let's attack them They be checking for the content, you tired of that nonsense No gimmicks, break limits, quality is I promise This is more than a show, this is a way of life Cause the game as it grows, takes us to higher heights Check the stats before you check me And don't tell me who the greatest if you don't know the history Robert Ramon and Carlos the new big three and if the pins ain't from them don't bring them to me because i go off like a rocket launcher man i just hate the beat i'm a real monster i can hear the crowd chanting mvp that's my mantra here's a standing on for the opinionated bench warmers Welcome to the Opinionated Bench Warmers Podcast, episode 47. For the first time in podcast history, I'm able to say I got both of my guys sitting right next to me in the same room to bring you a great episode. What's happening, Carlos, in town? What's going on, man? It, it, I ain't gonna lie, it's a little weird because I'm used to like coming in over my mic, you know, and tuning in through uh, what we do with Skype. But um, you used to having the mic in your mouth, huh? I didn't mean it like that. Come on, guys. But we happy to have you here, man. How, yeah. how was the trip in? Man? It was a long trip, man. It was good. Good, man. It's about seven and a half hours, but good to be here. What about you, Ramon? How you feeling today? Man, I'm good, bro. I'm happy that we uh, got this opportunity to all be in the same room together to record finally, man. It's been been a long time coming, uh, but today's been a pretty good day. I'm ready to record, man, talk about everything that's been going on with the landscape of sports. So, man, let's get it rolling, bro. So, did you guys know an interesting tidbit that this this Sunday is the last Sunday without football for the rest of the year? Yeah, without NFL. NFL, because, yeah. We didn't have to specify that. NFL, college, whatever, it's all football. Well, I mean, you got to specify because you got a college game coming on this tonight. I said this is the last Sunday without football. You said without football, but college football is tonight. (laughs) And tomorrow night. (laughs) This is the last Sunday without football. Without NFL, Whatever. NFL right. football. Okay, we get you, bro. We got you. Let, but speaking of college football, let's let's just get to college. Start off with college football. We had a couple interesting matchups over the, I guess, the course of the Saturday. I think that LSU. We could start there because we're from Baton Rouge. All we all went to LSU and just talking about how impressive that offense looked. Now I know what the haters gonna say that we was playing a cupcake team, which is very much true. But if you evaluate teams, you can automatically tell off jump just how they performing and, and just how they executed in the and how efficient they were able to execute. So y'all, you know, what y'all thought about it? I thought the I thought the LSU did well, um, and um, I, I'm really impressed with them and how just how they dominated from the start to the end. Um, you know. I think next week will be interesting. It will be the real text. You know, I got a couple people from Texas, the people I work with, saying I already talking about Texas and uh, they hook them horns and all that stuff. So we're going to see how well they do. Yeah, hey, I, it's going to be very interesting, like you said, next week. But just giving kind of the quick feedback on, uh, on this week, man. Like you said, we finally, for years coming, we've been hearing about, hey, this offense is coming. We're going to change it up. It's going to be different. And like finally, we saw a difference in the offense. We finally saw them going to three wide receiver sets, four wide receiver sets. You know, sometimes having an empty backfield and just showing so many different looks. You know, whether it was you know the RPOs or you know all the kind of stuff, and actually truly being a spread team. So it was really nice to see from the perspective of LSU. And like you said, the real test is going to come when we see Texas, which I think that LSU will handle that test really well. Um, I honestly think that it's going to be a decisive victory in uh, in Austin this upcoming week. Yeah, I think next week will be a true test because we're finally playing like one of the powerhouses in Texas. And just to see if we're able to repeat what we did this past weekend, I think that it just was most impressively just execution. We knew we were supposed to blow these guys out the water, but hey, we did lose to Troy. 
uh, yeah. a couple seasons. Was it? That wasn't last. Yeah, season. Well, it wasn't. It, it was a couple season seasons before, ago. Yeah. Uh, so you know, we know as LSU fans not to take anything for granted. What player do you think Ramon stuck out to you? I mean, I, and let's preface it: we're not bigging these guys up or saying anything. Or we're not trying to, I guess, allude to us being the best or whatever. But you know, we're just. Seeing what we saw, the guys yeah. look good. They did what they were supposed to do. But what player like looked like they were just on another level stood out to you? Um, I'm gonna say other than the obvious of Joe Burrow having a heck of a game, I'm gonna stay away from that one. Uh, it's really two guys. I give you an offensive guy and a defensive guy. On the offensive side of the ball, I thought that Terrace Marshall had a great game. Uh, Terrace Marshall, coming from high school, was the number one uh, wide receiver in the nation. And last year, he was still kind of coming to full form. He was recovering from an injury that he had his senior year. And so you didn't see all of him truly as a freshman, but you see first game as a sophomore, three touchdowns, um, really seemed like basically no one could, you know, check him right there uh, in the game, you know, last night. So really saw Terrace Marshall kind of step into his own. And then on the defensive side of the ball, I thought that uh, Damone Clark, uh, who was actually a sophomore for the team uh, this year, I thought that he really stuck out. Uh, he's been in that competition with Jacob Phillips and also with Patrick Queen for that other starting inside linebacker spot, you know, opposite of Michael Divinity. And so I thought that Damone Clark had a heck of a game. Um, he's really a guy that Devin White had under his wing last year. And Devin White, when he they asked Devin White which guy would kind of take up his reins or was the most like him, he said Damone Clark, and you started to see that last night. So. Uh, or in the game on Saturday, so it was a really good effort from Damone Clark, I thought. Mm -hmm. Well, I think who stood out to me uh, was John Emery and that, that highlight of a juke, yeah. juke he made. I think that before long, because I wasn't really too impressed with um, the two backs that was ahead of him. Uh, you talking about last night? Yeah. You talking about Clyde Edwards Elair and yeah, Bernard Clyde. And yeah, but Emory, he I think it's his job. I think eventually throughout the season it'll be his job. He'll get the bulk of the carries because he's just on another yeah. level. I mean, and you got to even look at it just like you mentioned him as a, the season goes along. Even Leonard, when he first came to LSU as a freshman, the first couple of games he didn't start. First couple of games he came along pretty slowly, but at the end of the year he was the guy. So, like you're saying, you could see that from John Emery that he could turn into being the guy. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm I'm interested to see next year, next week just Stingley, you know, seeing him finally like get some like sort of some kind of work. So we know how special he is, and, and I think it's been rumblings amongst the the sports outlets about how good he really is. But I can't wait till the season progresses and people can really see the world can see how special he is. And I think his draft, his draft stock is going to continue to climb and climb year by year until it's time for him to go to the draft. Yeah, no, I, I like him a lot. Um, he was in the, the punt return game. Um, I think a couple of those balls he could have fair cut, but he was going for it. So I like that aspect of it. Um, I think he had one a decent return, but a couple of those that kind of scared me a little bit where the players are coming down, you know, tight on him, and he was still, you know, get wrapping those balls. Later on in the year when you're playing a team that, you know, that, that that's better, that has gunners that'll get you and, you know, may cause a turnover in a crucial game, just hopefully going into the practice and stuff, the coaches are telling him. I like that he's not scared and he's not, and he's uh, uh, not, you know, scared to take those, those punt returns, but I just don't want, you know, that to be an issue down the road. Well, the only game that's left today is to finally see Oklahoma and Houston, which I'm interested to see, not because I expect it to be so much of a good game, but we all want to see Jalen Hurts in how his transition, you know, how to see how he seeming, seemingly transitioned from Alabama in, into Oklahoma. We all know Oklahoma is pretty much the quarterback whisperer with them coming out their second year in the second season in a row with a Heisman quarterback winner. Uh, you know, the latter, the first one being Baker Mayfield, the second one being Kyler Murray. So what, what you expect then? Ramon, you expecting Jalen? Yeah, I, I like Jalen Hurts this year, man. Uh, the thing I say about Jalen Hurts is that when he first came on the scene really with Bama, he kind of was almost kind of like a running back back there that, that could throw the ball as well. Uh, but I really saw it last year with him have, you know being in that battle with Tua and then obviously Tua winning out. Uh, he really took the time to really develop as a passer last year. And so I think that that's going to be a huge thing in this offense with Lincoln Riley. Of course, he still can get out of the pocket and do the things that he can do with his legs. Uh, but I think that he developed so much as a passer and he, even in his game 
uh, mentally. And so, like you said, with Lincoln Riley kind of being that quarterback whisperer, um, I look at Jalen Hurts to, to really have a dynamic year. Um, I don't know if I'll go out on a limb and say he's going to win the Heisman, but I'll say that he's going to be a Heisman finalist. I'll say that right now. I agree. Well, I, I mean, I, I think I was talking about this yesterday with Rob. How crazy would it be for Jalen Hurts to, you know, take that Oklahoma team to the playoffs, right, and then find a way to knock off Alabama, you know? I was just thinking about that a little bit. So, I mean, I think, again, he's going to be athletic. He's going to make his plays, you know. I think his biggest thing is always showing if he can be accurate and if he can throw the ball. You know, if he can show that he can throw the ball and he's improved in that aspect, you know, he could, you know, boost his draft stock. We've seen the last couple years where quarterbacks under six foot or six foot and under have went number one. So that is the thing. That is the trend now. And so, I mean, I think he could be in that, that conversation if he can show that he can throw that ball, you know, because Oklahoma has run, ran out Baker Mayfield. They've ran out um, uh, Kyle Murray. You know, and so now, you know, he maybe can he be that next name to go? Maybe not first overall, but maybe first round, the end of the first round, like Lamar Jackson did. You know, maybe he can go second round, you know, if he can really show that he can put up the passing touchdown. Yeah, I mean, like you said, I mean, it's just, is he going to be accurate? And that's what I'll probably be mainly looking at when I watch him play tonight is just to see how accurate he is, how well he's throwing the ball. And I have no doubt, I think that Oklahoma and Lincoln Riley has shown and proven that they can have, you know, quarterbacks and that they can mold these quarterbacks to be a great assets to their team. So I don't expect anything different with Jalen Hurts. I think that he'll be successful, you know, in the incoming season. Um, anything else? I mean, I mean, Justin Fields had like three touchdowns in six minutes. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Taylor. Went yeah. off yesterday. As a, the running back class, especially really at the top, even looking, I know we way out away from the NFL draft, but you look at the top two running backs in the nation with Jonathan Taylor and Travis Etienne over there with Clemson. Yeah, he had a great game. And he from Louisiana. Yeah, the one that basically got away from LSU. Like, LSU slow played his recruitment, didn't recruit him into the end, and then Clemson went and grabbed him because he kind of had a chip on his shoulder. Saying that, you know, y'all waited this long to try to grab me. You know, you're not going to come and just swoop in last minute with an offer. So, LSU kind of messed that one up. But, you know, other than that, man, it was a it was a good uh, good weekend for college football. Pretty much the heavy hitters kind of did their usual thing. And, you know, it's kind of... I think one of the, the best matches of the weekend that I was looking for is Auburn and, and Oregon. And, you know, Bo Nix, uh, I was interested to see how he would handle it with him being a, a true freshman on that big stage in Jerry land. And he didn't disappoint. You know, he had his, you know, in the first half he was a little, you know, he had to settle down. But he didn't hurt his team. He didn't help his team, but he didn't hurt his team. But in that second half and how he gathered and rallied the troops and, and brought them back to win that game against Justin, who, who Justin Hebert, who, who is a, a Heisman yeah. candidate, mm-hmm. man, quite yeah. remarkable, quite, yeah. quite impressive. And, you know, I hate it because it's, it's something that my Tigers going to have to deal with for the for, – for the, at least the next couple of years. Yeah. What, what, we, about, what do you think about both? Uh, I thought that he really stepped up big time, like you said, in that second half and down the stretch. For them to, with with the nine seconds left, I thought they were just going to position themselves for the field goal, yes. take the lead, kind of win the game that right. way. But for them to go to the end zone, for them to go kind of deep on that play, that took a lot so of guts. So they and, trust them Right. Too. Right, and there was also, too, a heck of an adjustment even by that wide receiver. That was a heck of an adjustment by him, but uh, like you said, the moment didn't seem too big for him at all, you know, as a true freshman, and that's a big stage. Um, not too worried about, I guess it may be trash talking, I'm not too worried about Auburn this year. I think when they come into Tiger Stadium this year, that LSU will handle them handily. Um, Auburn hasn't performed too well in Tiger Stadium in recent years, and I think we'll handle them again, but as the years go on and Bo progresses more and more, even like next year or so, that's going to be something kind of scary to see. No, I, I was watching that game towards the end yesterday, and um, Oregon pretty much had that game, you know, handled. You know, they were controlling the tempo of the game. And I think, you know, the biggest thing that I took away from it was um, Auburn's defense. They really stepped up and stopped, you know, Maybear. Um, um, they stopped him from, from, you know, scoring the last couple drives. You know, they I think at one point the score was 20 to 28 or something like that. And they needed to score and a two-point conversion. And Auburn, I think, did a false start and had to push them push themselves back. And they ended up just kicking the field goal. 
But just watching that game and watching how their defense stepped up and sacked uh, Abair and forced the punt, and then they just really pushed the ball down the field and went for the kill, the kill shot. Really, not you know just the field goal like you know Ramon just mentioned. They went for the kill shot, so I, I like that aspect of of you know Arvin and what they did. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be an interesting year because again, going into that game, Oregon was the eleven, you know, eleven team in the nation, and then Auburn was what the sixteenth, sixteenth, team in the nation. So that shows you right now, you know, it ain't about where you start. You know, it's pretty much how you finish this year. So it's going to be an interesting year. You know, you really want to, if you're going to lose, you're going to lose early. You right. know what I'm saying? You don't want to lose later in the year when it's, it's playoff time. So um, yeah, I think I think Oregon still has a chance to shake back. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, that's just one of the many early, early storylines to pay attention to. I mean, you're really not expecting much of this weekend because this weekend was nonetheless, outside of a select few teams, was just basically like a jamboree. We <laughs> had a jamboree as the high school. So, I mean, everybody looked good in a dress rehearsal, but next week you get a little bit, you know, you get some better matchups. But, I mean, I thought that that was one of the things. But I also think Oregon is probably – a little overrated going into every year you know it just seems like the the i guess the voters or you know whoever's in you know the writers association or whoever does the polling just loves them some organ yeah. every year and i think that a lot of times these big matchups quote unquote that we are expecting like you know in, in, in the past year when lsu had we had miami and miami came out that year with the defense you know and the defensive what Ch- chain the turnover chain, and you know, man, LSU mopped Miami. You know, so I, I think a lot of matchups look good on paper in the preseason, but when you get down to it, it don't. You know, it really don't be much. You know, to to them. So, you know, we'll see. You know, we'll see. It's very early, and I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I think this is one of the most, uh, I guess, one of the more exciting college football seasons that I've seen, just because my team is finally relevant. LSU is finally relevant. It, it really feel like they are living up to the hype, you know, and I, that's preseason, offseason, everything I've seen, the, the coaching moves that we've made. So, you know, it's going to be very exciting to see, you know. So, and like I mentioned, the last Sunday without NFL football, we've had our fantasy draft. Last last week was our fantasy draft. So, I mean, just getting into the NFL, man, what's, uh, what's some, some intriguing storylines? I mean, I guess we can't go – I mean, Jadavion Clowney is with the Seahawks now. So, by trade, via trade. Um, my Saints made a trade for Kiko Alonzo. I like, which I like a lot from Miami. But, I mean, which one, which which trade are we, which trade are y'all liking, man? Um, I, I like the, I like Jadavion Clowney's trade. Um, I just think, I, I mean, they, they pretty much traded for him and allowed him to have the opportunity to be an unrestricted free agent next year. So I look at it as a situation where they're going to get what they can out of him this year. Um, he's going to sign a big contract in the um, offseason. And then once he signs that big contract, they're going to get the, um, com, what do you call it, consi- com, I can't think, the comp Com- pick. The compensatory or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the comp pick pretty yeah. much when you're, when you're free agent, sign a big contract elsewhere, you get a, a comp pick for them. And, you know, the highest pick you can get is a third-round pick. So I can see them going going and do that and kind of using that strategy. I don't think they have any intentions of signing him long-term, um, but they do need pass rushers there. Um, I think the Texans pretty much traded him for a bag of chips. So I, I didn't like the deal. They didn't, they got a couple of no-name guys, you know, guys that I don't think, you know, is going to make an impact at least this year or not. And so I think – um, the Texans really were just trying to get him off the books, and so I, I really didn't understand that aspect. I really liked it. I really thought the Texans were going to try to get some old line help from um, the Seahawks because the Seahawks yeah, had a couple, yeah, a couple picks that yeah. they didn't do. So yeah. I think Houston yeah. could have used some help on that line. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, they can make all the trades in the world. I think they did a good job by getting a guy out of town who didn't want to be there. Yeah. Uh, and they knew they, they didn't want to pay him. Yeah. So they got they did a good job. But I, I mean, with I, me, I, with, no, I I think the way that they tried to combat that, like you were saying, getting help on the line, they went and made like a subsequent deal and went and grabbed Laramie Tunsil, uh, from Miami. So that was a deal uh, that was out there. They ended up grabbing Tunsil and Steals from the Dolphins. So 
I think that was the way that they tried to approach it. They didn't necessarily get it in a Seahawks deal, which I know was speculated at first. An offensive lineman would be included, and then that didn't end up happening. But I think in the subsequent deal is where they tried to approach the line. Uh, and they had about what, like three trades or something that they had uh, the other day. So, you know, I think that's how they tried to approach it, but they still could have done more, I think, for the line. Yeah, well, the biggest thing, I think, was um, um, Jadavion Clowney held the power because if he didn't sign, you know, um, his um, his tender, you know, he couldn't. they couldn't trade him. So he had to agree to sign that tender. Then he made the, you know, then they can trade him. And so he he pretty much held the power. And so I think they really wanted to make that deal originally with the Dolphins. And if they make that deal with the Dolphins, they would have got the offensive lineman who they ultimately traded more um, first round picks for. They would have got that that in that deal. But um, so but being that you know Javion Clowney was set on not going to the Dolphins, you know that kind of made things interesting for him where they had to um, trade him to the Seahawks. Uh, I mean. I- I'm gonna just go ahead and say it since no one, no one I've seen saying it. But David Clowney at this point in his career hasn't lived up to the hype that true that he was set out and what was set out for him. You know, David Clowney was supposed to be, you know, I guess like what Duran James was to the Chargers prior to injury. You know, you know what Patrick Peterson was for the Cardinals in his prime when he first got there. Like he never really lived up to that defensive hype. And, you know, I think Houston probably, they did a good job of getting rid of him because, I mean, besides his performance, you know, him being healthy was an issue as well. You know, along with him and J.J. White was supposed to be a force, but they they were when they were on the field and healthy, but, you know, that didn't happen too often. So, you know, at this point, Jadavian, what is Jadavian now, 27? Mm-hmm. You know, 26, 27. 27. So it's just like... I mean, he's he's not getting it. at his position. You would say that he's you know supposed to be in his prime, and to me, I think he's just no no more than an underperforming linebacker. We'll see what I mean, defensive end. Yeah, and we'll see what the Seahawks do because we know what they can do with with, yeah. with if you with have talent, some talent. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, I don't think he'll have to necessarily be the man there. So that's why I think he'll have success in C- in Seattle. But to me, he's just been underperforming. You know, I'm, I'm glad Houston came up yeah. off of him. He's never been a double-digit sack guy, and I think that he was anticipated to be that type of guy that was going to, you know, be coming off the edge and always be disruptive and always bringing pressure, and he just hasn't been that. Um, I think even, too, just, just looking at Jadavion Clowney, I think that he was, don't get me wrong, he was very good at South Carolina, but I think even since the high school level, uh, he hasn't always lived up to the hype. Um, I think that he really got that that big billing after that tackle in that bowl game against Michigan where he basically killed a guy and then recovered the fumble and all that. But I still think overall, like, I think that he, he, don't get me wrong, he was a great player at South Carolina, but he still didn't live up to the total hype to me even there from what I saw from him in the recruiting circle. And then, like you said, he's been good in in the NFL, but he's never been a double-digit sack guy. Um, and I think he was anticipated to be that type of guy. So I think that it will, I think it'll work out end up eventually for both sides because I think that he will potentially perform better over there with the Seahawks. Uh, but I don't think cutting bait was too bad because I think that his name warrants a bigger contract in his game at this point. Um, and so, yeah. I agree. So, you know, Houston, you know, they, they did do some work on that line. Um, we just hoping that, I mean, I don't care about Texans, honestly. I mean, I, we got to see him week one, so I know Kenny Steele's going to come in motivated. Um, so next we have the San Diego, the Lo, no, Los, Los Angeles. Angeles, Los Angeles Chargers, you know, their situation in Melvin Gordon, which continues to get interesting and interesting about a week because I think I was one of the people that in the beginning when they – you know, just matching him and Zeke up because they're going through a similar situation. I, I had I had the Melvin Gordon situation being resolved uh, before maybe Zeke's situation, you know, rather than because I feel like, you know, Melvin had more leverage. But, you know, it, it comes out today the GM said that whether he reports or not, we're still going to pay him what he's owed for this year, like originally planned and we'll get to his contracts next year which I don't think is going to fly so we may be looking at a situation 
like Le'Veon, well, we might see a player sit out the whole season, and I feel sorry for you uh, fantasy owners to <laughs> present that news. But. Yeah, I mean, I, I think um, it's interesting because I think Zeke had a little bit more leverage. I think you had it, uh, you think the Zeke had the less leverage. I think Zeke had a little bit more leverage because Melvin Gordon had the um, the most talent behind him and Justin Jackson and uh, Austin Eckler. You know, he had those two guys that have shown that they can do it when Melvin Gordon missed time last year, you know, Melvin Gordon was in and out, that those guys have shown that, you know, one, Justin Jackson can be that early down back and Austin Eckler can come in and be that third down passing role. So with them having talent behind him, you know, I think the Chargers looked at that as a situation where, okay, we've shown that we can win when you have not been in the lineup before. And so I think, you know, and then they're not about to pay you top dollar, you know, if you can't stay healthy, you know, if you've shown that you can be inconsistent at times, you know. Um, and so I've never always, honestly, and you, you guys know that, been the hugest Melvin Gordon guy. But I think, you know, I think he's, he's a talented back, but he's not a, to me, he's not a top five He's not a game-changing back to me. I think he can, and I think the Chargers are showing that with right now that he can be replaced right now. And if they really want that guy, they'll be making moves to get him on the roster, like the Cowboys are doing right now, moving towards a contract with Zeke. I just really think he's not a game-changer well, like that. Well, when I said leverage, as far as I was speaking on the end of uh, contract-wise, but you do bring up a good point that the Chargers could afford to do without Melvin. You know, with their sub- subsequent backup backs, but I was just saying contract-wise because Dallas has uh, essentially had Zeke under control for the next two years, and with Gordon's situation, I think what he's due for to be unrestricted for agent next year, or is it this, this next season? So it's, it, that that's contract-wise, but you do bring up a great point, though. I mean, I think that the Chargers could afford to, hey, look, you want to sit out, man, we, you know, Eckler, which is a Eckler was a darn good back. Yeah. You know, darn yeah. good back last year. You know, fantasy owners know that. So, I mean, I think that the Chargers, like you said, that's a good, interesting standpoint. From what your standpoint, they, they have more leverage to do without them because they have, you know, yeah. reinforcements. Right. right. Cowboys don't know what they know. No, have I mean, yeah, without right. Zeke, you take Zeke out of that offense, that offense is stalled because Dax is proven that Dax's efficiency is attached to how successful Zeke is right. and when Zeke's in. Yeah. Yeah, and I think just overall, too, the Luton team, what Los was saying, I mean, Zeke is a better back than Melvin Gordon. I think that, to me, guys that are that are your premier talents, your more talented guys, to me, always have more leverage because, I mean, they just worth more, honestly. And that's in any, any sport, whether it's football, whether we think about the NBA or any of that stuff. And then leading to the Melvin Gordon situation, I mean, it's gotten to the point... Well, they pretty much kind of calling his bluff and said, like, you can go seek out trades if you want to. So go play GM. Go play GM and, like, find a team that'll that's deal with you. Right you. There, to me. <laughs> like, yeah, so so that's kind of weird. Jerry West been pl- I mean, that's Jerry West. <laughs> Jerry been playing. Jerry Jones been playing the same games with Zeke, and now it's coming out there. By the end of this weekend, probably after we done recording this, they're going to have a deal done. So, I mean, these GMs play games through the media, but. Ramon, like you said, I mean, I, I, I mean, when he came out and said that, I mean, <laughs> Jerry Jones ain't come out and say that. Hey, like, go, go find a deal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I think the with the with the Los Angeles Chargers, you know, they just come out saying the things he's saying. It's pretty telling, though. You know, you come out and you say, hey, go find your own trade. Or, hey, you know, we're not going to talk this contract talk until after the year. That tells you right there, it's like, look, we done playing these games. Either you're going to show up here or not. You know, like, we going to move on without you. Like, we good without you. So that shows you right there. If he was one of a player, you know, and I know mm-hmm. a lot of people ain't going to like to hear this, you know. But if he was a player that was, you know, that they knew they had to have, they wouldn't be saying stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? You want to keep those type of players happy. You want to make them seem like you can just ship them off if they want to. So I just think, you know, I, I like Melvin Gordon. I think he would be the perfect situation for Melvin Gordon is to go to the Buccaneers. Right now, the Buccaneers don't have that top guy, that top running back. But the situation is if they trade for him, they know they're going to have to pay Melvin Gordon as well. Yeah, so, and, you know, they just signed Mike Evans to that big contract. Jameis, I expect him to have a great year. They're going to have to uh, go ahead and sign him, too. So they got a couple people that they got to pay in the incoming days. And you saw what they did with Jerry McCoy. They ain't going to pay him. So. Right. All right, so not to run off on a tangent because I don't care about the Bucks. Who cares about the Bucks? But anyway, 
Uh, just to you know, just to kind of gloss gloss over it, you know, I know that your Rams are playing the Panthers this weekend. Um, you know, what are you expecting, man? What do you what What do you want to see out of your Rams to say that y'all gonna have a successful season? Or what do you want to see? Because I mean, I don't know if it, how good of a matchup it will be. Because mm-hmm. I don't, you know, the Panthers are just getting under their feet, but right. So uh, I like to see a couple things, and I say mention things on both sides, you know, and just not the Rams aspect. Uh, one, I would like to see the usage of Ty Gurley. You know, they'll tell a lot. You know, are we going to rotate backs in? Um, is Daryl Henderson role going to be in and come in? Is he going to come in and play maybe that James Wright uh, role for us? Um, you know, is Malcolm Brown, Malcolm Brown, the um, second running back, is he going to be involved in the offense? And so I really want to see if Cooper Cup. You know, he's a guy that missed a good big part of the season last year after going down. Um, you know, in I believe it was a Chiefs game. Um, Chiefs or yeah, I believe it was the Chiefs game. He well, one of the games he went down and got hurt. Um, so I want to see if he's back at full strength and see if that offense is back clicking. Um, you know, and on the other side, side for the Panthers, I really want to see if Cam, if he's really shook back from his foot injury he got in the third preseason game, um, is he going to be the Cam of old, where he's going to be running around, moving around, uh, you know, or is he going to stay in the uh, the pocket and throw the ball? Um, and 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 I want to also see. <laughs> I also want to see if um, the receivers. You know, they got their their two receivers and Curtis Samuel and uh, DJ Moore. I want to see who's going to be the go-to guy. I think right now DJ Moore's penciled is penciled in as the number one guy on that team. But I think Curtis Samuel can step up and be that number one guy and lead the team in uh, yards. Um, I think DJ Moore will be more of the um, more passes are going to be quick. You know, uh, quick passes around the line of scrimmage. But um, I think uh, Curtis Samuel can be the guy that can be down the field. Um, so I'm really interested to see how that offense click and see, you know. Um, actually, I'll be at the game. I forgot to mention that yeah. aspect. I'll be going down to the game and seeing that, um, you know, live one of my uh, buddies that's a, a Panthers fan. So um, it'll be interesting to see that live and see, you know, Cam Newton. Last time I seen Cam Newton live, he ended up beating us. So hopefully we have a different outcome this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. So while we're going around about about who our teams play this weekend, then we'll get into the key matchups in general that we're looking forward to. But my Saints play the Texans. Then one thing I want to see is just how Drew's arm strength is. See, seeing if it's still there, which I expect to be. I want to see how Alvin Kamara. I want to see if they're telling the truth that Alvin Kamara usage won't increase. You know, so I want to see how they use uh, Alvin Kamara, and I want to see how they use. Uh, I can't never Latavius Murray. Latavius Murray in our offense, and you know, I mean, I've seen enough out of you know. Uh, I've seen enough out of can't guard Mike, man. Just that yeah. catch he made against the Jets was yeah. just ridiculous, and Bree showed his strength and accuracy with that right. throw. So, right. I you know, I believe, I kind of believe what people come out and saying Kamara usage won't be any higher. I think it may be slightly higher, you know, but I think Latavius Murray is going to be used. A lot more than what people realize, and I think you've seen a glimpse of that in the preseason game where he was coming in in that coming in and playing, you know, that Mark Ingram role. Um, you know, it's just really it's really interesting to see who's going to be the goal linebacker. I think that's going to, you know, for fantasy owners out there, they're going to be frustrated this year because I know right now Kamara is going as that top three running back, you know, in fantasy right now. So. It would be interesting to see if Latavius, you know, vulture some of those touchdowns because, I mean, Latavius, he's fantasy relevant, but I don't think, you know, he's on the – obviously he's not on the level of Mark Ingram, in my opinion. So, I'm interested to see what, you know, the Texans look like on defense as well and just seeing that if D-Hop, you know, Deshaun Watson, see, you know, see if, you know, if they had that connection that they've shown. But ultimately, I expect the Saints, we should win that game. Monday night, right? Yeah, Monday, right. So I, I expect us to win that game. So who, who your coach got? Yeah, I think we've already kind of talked about our storylines <laughs> between last podcast and this one. Uh, we actually have the Chargers. So, you know, seeing that whole dynamic of how that's going to work out in L.A., mm-hmm. uh, whether Melvin Gordon will be there or not week one, or they'll be working kind of with their backfield. We're talking about Eckler and those guys um, that'll be following. So that'll be interesting. Um, of course, for the Colts, you know, how do we respond without Andrew Luck being there. You know, how does the team, do they put it on their back just like, you know, Los, as you were mentioning, um, you know, off air about T.Y. Hilton kind of having the chip on his shoulder and playing for Andrew Luck. Uh, how does this team rally? What does Jacoby Brissett look like? You know, knowing that, okay, now he is the guy. He is the starter there. 
Um, so I'm very intrigued by that, but also intrigued to see how some of our skill position players uh, will perform. You know, I'm intrigued by what Paris Campbell can add to the team. Um, intrigued by, you know, what Devin Funches can do as another option, um, which he, of course, is just, you know, completely single coverage. will probably have a second or even third, you know, cover guy on him uh, during the game. You know, so I, it's just going to be very interesting to see how the team move forward, uh, moves forward without Andrew Luck. Um, and so that that's kind of mainly what we're looking at this weekend with Colts and Chargers, man. Okay. So who are the matchups just in general that you guys are looking forward to? Um, I, I guess I'll go. Uh, this isn't so much about a matchup for me. Uh, this is about a team that I'm just really interested in seeing. And that's the uh, Cleveland. I think they got the Titans this weekend. Um, and I just really want to see the Cleveland Browns, honestly. That's, that's the main thing. Uh, we know the hype from the offseason. We know about Jarvis and Odell being paired up again. Uh, we know about what Baker Mayfield is looking like. And so um, I'm just really intrigued by that and really intrigued to see um, essentially what is that offense going to look like? Is it going to be as explosive as people are saying? Uh, you know, is Nick Chubb going to really take that, continue to take that step forward? As a running back, they got Njoku, all those guys. And then defensively, you know, you having Denzel Ward that broke out last year as a cornerback. Um, seeing, you know, how much time Greedy Williams will get. You know, is Greedy going to have a chance to start or is Greedy going to come off and be that number one, that number three corner? Um, so I'm just kind of intrigued by that to really see more so of the Cleveland Browns. So I guess it's less about the matchup and more about the team that I really want to see, honestly. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I mean, with me, I got the Steelers and the Patriots straight up. Steelers, I mean, we want to see what they look like without Antonio Brown. But just in a, in general, from an entertainment standpoint, I think that's a, a heavy matchup. I think those are two teams that we may very well see in the AFC Championship. So that's interesting there. But also, you want to see what the Patriots look like without Grunk. You know, how are they going to use Sonny Michelle and those other backs that they got in the backfield? Would Josh Gordon be in football shape? You know, it's a lot of things, interesting things to look at when you're looking at that matchup. So, you know, as being as them being the heavy hitters and heavyweight teams in the in the, in the AFC, I, that's one I'm definitely going to stay up late and regret it when I wake up in my work. First of all, before we move on, before we get to Lowe's, bro. Speak on it. I'm, I'm just Speak interested on. to see how your tune has changed Speak on Josh Gordon. Last night, you man. gave low so man. much grief for that pick in fantasy. And I'm going to let people know this, you know, because we all play in more than one fantasy league. So Rob is in another league and Speak had on. another draft. And so he sent us his team that he has. And so I happened to be scrolling through and noticed an interesting player that was sitting on his team. Speak up. A guy named Josh Gordon that he gave low so much grief about. And now you hear when he talk about his interesting matchup. Mm, I'm interested to see how Josh Gordon is. Everybody want to see what Josh so. But the thing is, to add some some context to what he's saying, I get. When you when you drafted Josh Gordon, fifth round? It was like six. I don't know. Six, it was like six. it was fifth round, bro. Maybe six. I don't know. Fifth <laughs> or six. Either way, I got him in the seventh round. So if Josh Gordon gonna sit there and I did the research and I saw that he was a wide receiver one on the Patriots. Ten a man ten or twelve league. Twelve? It's twelve? Yeah. Okay. So, you know, I, I was on there and I was like, well, you know, that's that's a wide receiver one at that spot. The, his value was just Skyrocketed, so wait, I was like, wait, 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 wait. But you just called him a wide receiver one. So no matter what, if he's a wide receiver one, even sitting in the fifth round is That's good great. value for a wide receiver one. Josh Gordon, who's a who's a case risk. What they call it? Uh, uh, so okay, so so we got to figure this out. Which side are you on? Because <laughs> in the group, me, you were ready to start talking him up. If I'm if, I'm, if I'm drafting a when I'm drafting a seventh round, my core of uh, my core of my team is already set. At this point, seventh round on, you're just drafting pretty much for value, or uh, you're drafting just to you know taking a chance. I I, I don't have I'm hey, just no saying. no no, but this is what I want to say too, because you even in the group me as well, even in the group me as well. What what do you tell you lost by by week five he'll be worthless or yeah, something? Yeah, so you, in the seventh round, you took a guy that by week five is gonna be worthless. Exactly. Huh? exactly. Oh, okay. I mean, that, so, that, that's that's value. I'll say this: I went and got Josh Gordon because I knew 
were at my positioning that if I come around in the sixth round that he wasn't going to be there because I knew I had a guy that was really high on Josh Gordon that drafts Josh Gordon every year in our league, and that's just knowing the scope of our league. And so I knew I wanted him, and I have Josh Gordon on my team as a flex option. So, again, if he doesn't pan out, again, I can just move him out of the flex, and I have guys like Curtis Samuel that I can plug in there. I have guys like Tariq Cohen that I can put in there. I have guys on there like Matt Breida that can also step up and be in my flex position. So, I mean, I have him as a flex position. He's not one of my top receivers. He's my flex option. So, again, that's why I went and grabbed him. He just just took on my bench as trade bait in case somebody wants to trade. I just had to point it out before we got to Lois, bro. I I hope he does well. He's a part of my team now, so welcome to the squad. Yeah. No, so my matchup that I'm going to go with um, is the um, the Chiefs and the Jaguars. Um, I think that matchup is interesting because last year, if you remember, that was the, the matchup where Jalen Ramsey pretty much said Tariq Hill was a return specialist, and that's yeah. all he was. <laughs> and I think Tariq Hill lit him up that game for a couple balls, deep balls in that game. So. Um, I think now, seeing that matchup, and I think Jalen Ramsey had a more of a humble approach going into this year. He's not calling out quarterbacks. You know, he's not calling out receivers. I think he has more respect for Tariq Hill and what he does now. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see um, what he does now um, and how that how that matchup goes. Another aspect of that game I want to see is the usage. Is LaShawn McCoy going to come in? You know, I think that's somebody we didn't really touch on, but I really – that really blew up the fantasy world right now. A lot of yeah, shady, shady. going yeah. to the Chiefs. And I think, you know, with Damian Williams, he was a mid-second-round pick, you know, and a lot of people are upset about that because Damian Williams now, his he takes a, a fantasy hit because, again, LaShawn McCoy, the, for the contract they signed him for, he's not going to come in and just be a, a guy that's going to sit on the bench. He's going to eat into Damian Williams' carry. So, I think that's going that's going to hurt the fantasy owners that have him on their roster. I think Rob, you have him in the league, right? Not in the other league. Not in our league. I'm straight in my other league. I mean, I didn't take him in our league, but you know, Damian Williams. I mean, he's definitely going to take a cut, man. I mean, they you know, Chief says made it clear they don't feel like he can be the actual guy. Yeah. So, you know, they're going to finesse it to where. But I still think Damien will be relevant because I, I oh, still yeah. don't feel like LaShawn. I mean, it's a reason why, you know, outside of contract-wise that the Bills feel like they had to come up off LaShawn. So, you know, I, you know, LaShawn, we all know, is not what he used to be. No. Nope. But I think that he's relevant enough. I mean, he's been on the decline for a couple of years now. But, you know, I, you know, I don't think it's going to be – you know, Damian Williams, I I think I don't know if, if LaShawn was there with you, you would Damian would be going in the first round or second round like right. he's been going, but I still feel like uh Damian's gonna be still you know, he's gonna be relevant. So, you know, that's that's that. I mean that, those are those are those are some key matchups. So we we looking forward to the matchups, man. I can't wait till the NFL season starts on Thursday, man. I you know you know, Ramon's a big college guy, but you know, me and Carlos, we we NFL, we professional guys. So, you know, it it's, it's been it's been it's gonna be good, man. It's gonna be real real good. So, you know, on top of that, uh, nobody mentioned Antonio Brown. The Broncos play the Raiders too. I want to see how Antonio Brown looks. That's gonna be interesting. I mean, he's barely been in preseason, off season work work. I know we all know the work he does on his own, but I mean, still, like, what type of rapport is him and Dave? Not David Carr. What is his name? Derek Carr. Derek Carr. Mm-hmm. We all we all know, you know. But I mean, we it's it's gonna be interesting to see. Are they gonna be on the same page or what? So you got a helmet now. I mean, that's what they say. <laughs> that's what they say. He gonna have one week one, but I mean. I mean, it, I don't know, Antonio Brown, bro. Maybe he trying to do this to, to distract us from the fact that he he do feel like he's gonna have a good year. He want everybody to be sleeping on him. So we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. So what else is on the NFL docket? Oh yeah, we always do predictions. We always do predictions. Yeah. So do y'all want to do division winners? I think that'll be kind of easy. Oh, you want to do conference winners? What maybe maybe conference, but. Yeah, because the division might get kind of drawn. Like we, we all know, the, we all know the Patriots go in the go in the go in their yeah, division. Right. We know that the Cowboys gonna win their division. Oh, the Eagles. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say, do we know that the Cowboys? Yeah, the Eagles. Yeah, are serious. But for the sake, I know Eagles fans listening to this, the Cowboys gonna win the uh, division. 
So, I mean, even if we don't go through divisions, who, who would you say are your, let's just say, like, top three contenders on each side? So, top three teams in the NFC and top three teams in the AFC, what would you what would you think? Okay, you got to go with the Chiefs and on the AFC. You have to go with the Patriots, obviously, the defending champions. And so, above that, I mean, you can fit a couple names in there, but I'm going to go ahead and change it up this year. I'm going to say the Browns. The Browns have did. They've been the winners of the offseason. The Browns bandwagon. Not a bandwagon. I just think that they have a good roster. On now. paper, yeah. On yeah, paper. they have a good roster. I mean, I don't think they're going to win it all. They got they got to learn their, their they got to learn how to win in the playoffs. They got to realize that the playoffs is a different game. And I think that's what happened when the, the Rams, they were one couple years back, they were the winners of the offseason. They got to the playoffs and realized that the playoffs is a different game. You're going to do good and you're going to light up the scoreboard. But when you get to the playoffs, you got to learn how to win there. That's a different season. That's a different game once you get there. And I think they're going to get there, probably have a good record, but they're going to end up losing, probably losing early in the playoffs. Um, and that's just how it goes. And then maybe next year, um, go meet, go to the AFS, AFC Championship. AFS? AFC <laughs> Championship. <laughs> Couldn't let them slide, huh? <laughs> Couldn't let them slide. Yeah, who, let me slide. Who you got in the... Oh, we're going to roll through AFC first? Yeah. So, so who you got, Rob? Who you thinking? Top three teams in the AFC. I mean, there you said it. I mean, I think you got to go with the Patriots. You never can count them guys out, ever. Ever. Uh, I think that the Steelers are a top team up there. And for my third team, you got to say the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, they yeah. have the most explosive offense, in, the second most explosive offense in the... NFL under my Saints. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I think that they are making strides towards becoming a better team. Patrick Mahomes, they, you know, he's got a little taste of success. It's going to be interesting enough to see after coming out for MVP-type caliber season to understand he's not going to have the year that he had last year and understand that, you know, people got film on him now and just trying to, you know, I want to see how he's going to uh, perform under adversity. And, you know, but I think ultimately he'll figure it out, and I think they'll be up to those are my three top teams every year. Yeah, I would say in the AFC, of course, as you mentioned, the Patriots, you just got to write that one in. Uh, the Chiefs are going to be there. That offense is going to be explosive, as you mentioned, uh, with those guys, Patrick Mahomes and Tyree Hill and so forth and so on. Uh, but I would say my the third team, and I think that this team gets slept on a lot, uh, is really the L.A. Chargers. Nah, yeah. Not the Colts. Not the Colts. If Andrew Luck were there, I would have definitely said the Colts. I would have said the coast, but Stop uh, it. what if Stop Andrew it. Luck were there? Stop it! Oh, you're yeah, not a on. top three team, man. With, with Andrew Luck there, no, yes, I'll give you top five. Oh. Y'all not top three, man. Yes. Oh, come on, man, we gotta be real now. Like, I, I, I am being real. I right am now. being real. Fanboy, right I know. Now. I'm the coast is a. They have a decent team, but y'all not top five in the. So AFC. who has a better offensive line than us? All right, let's start breaking it down. Yeah. Who's a better offensive line? They than have the coast? a great offensive line, but that. All right, Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck. Top, what, three quarterback, top four quarterback in the league? Uh, that defense, the way that it performed was... Uh, overperformed uh, last year. That's, oh, that's not, huh? You said overperformed, but you got guys that are getting a year older and more experienced. So you got oh, Darius man. Leonard it's coming back. To, and you get Malik Hooker, a healthy Malik come Hooker. On, and all those guys. So I, as top, I, said, I gave you top five, but not top three. That's, yeah. Come on, man. Y'all not I mean, we were three. top five last year, and you're talking about a team that's going to be more experienced this year. I mean, experience yeah. don't mean wins. Huh? Always. Experience and, and, and Always. a better team? Oh, come on, man. So so you, so you so you would have said that, that we, all right, we couldn't definitely be viewed in that same light as the Cleveland Browns that you mentioned it. No. What? No, y'all didn't win no off season. That don't mean that we won. But, but, but okay, y'all we, we have more experience. But y'all we were, we were clearly a team. We were clearly a what better team. What pieces did y'all add this off season that was game changers? These other teams are getting better, and y'all just banking off experience right now. So you look, you looking at. You know, a Marlon Mack coming back healthy. Okay. A healthy Paris Marlon Mack. Campbell, which was Paris Campbell was a good offseason. You look at a, another weapon in Devin Funches being added to that offense. Oh, Devin Funches trash. Huh? Nah, he's can somebody, can you somebody gotta look at, queue up the Drake uh, gif right now? No. Ooh, yeah, like, no, but what I'm saying is, no. Nah, hey, no, what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, you can't look at it as just a big splash over the season. You got to look at the fact that the Colts were a top five AFC team last year. Okay. And so now you add little pieces to that to make it better on top of experience making players better on top of Andrew Luck would have been one more year removed 
from that previous injury that he had to be a better, they would have been a top three team in the no, AFC. Not telling. top three. No, not top three, man. And, top wait, three. and you said and you said Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh after losing your guy AB, who you act like is is the the greatest thing since sliced bread. I mean, they'll do and that. You gonna, but, and so so you gonna definitively tell me that the Steelers would have been a better team than the Colts this I mean, upcoming year? Because I, I mean, and in what way can you prove that? I, I mean. I, the way I prove it is that you got Le'Veon Bell, who before he set out last year was regarded as the best running back in the NFL. They lost him last year, and their rushing offense and their offense just in general didn't even take a step back. I think that the Steelers have an offense in place that really can kind of run itself. But were they a better team defensively than the Colts last year? Or were they a better team than the Colts? With A.B. Were they definitively a better team than the Colts last year? No. With A.B. Because no. they didn't even make the playoffs. All right. No. So so that's your top three AFC team, right? Who? So you said the Steelers would be a top three that's AFC his. team. That's his. Bro. All right. So, so can we debunk that? So can we debunk that? So no. you said. So, so how are we gonna, you going to say a team that didn't make the playoffs last year in Pittsburgh who also lost Antonio Brown this Why are you doing this, though? be better than oh, the Colts? All right. All right. I'll give you that. But. Andrew Luck is not in Indiana. That, but that's so what like, I said. My top three would but, change. But this, 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 would what I, this is what I'm saying. I said, first of all, I wouldn't even bring the Colts into this discussion. Y'all brought them into this discussion. They weren't in my top three. They weren't in my top three, but I said with Andrew Luck, they would have been top three. They still would have been top three. They would have been close. They would have honestly been close. They would have been close. They would have been right there. I'm telling you. I mean, I, 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 so so I know we having this debate and all this kind of stuff like that. But even over the off season, you listen to even the other guys that cover this kind of stuff, the pundits, the media hikes, all this kind of stuff. The Colts were viewed as a Super Bowl favorite. They were. If you go look at everything, they were. Do they have a listing listing of the drugs that they do? No, nah, I'm, I'm telling you. I I am telling you. If the Colts still had Andrew Luck. The Colts would have been a top team. Hey, hey, wait. For the people and the listeners out there, you know, this is a, what you hear right here is a hurt fan right now. They still kind of living in this, this, in this world of like, you know, if the Colts had Andrew Luck, we were winning it all. Man, look, they're not a top three team. I give them top five. You know, I'm not saying they were a bad team with Andrew Luck, but I think teams around Andrew, uh, around the Colts in the AFC improved, you know, and knocked them down. Um, you know, like the Browns. You, you know, mentioned one team in the Browns. Okay, the Chiefs, the Chargers. Those teams have gotten better over the offseason. Well, how, how the Chiefs got better? What you mean how the Chiefs got better? They just added McCoy to that backfield? Uh, uh, McCoy, they just got cut? Yes, McCoy is still <laughs> <experience. laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying, you said we didn't make any wild splashes. So we, you tell a wild splash is a guy getting cut and then being picked up. That's a wild splash? Yes, that's a huge splash. Oh, he, my goodness. He... he Nobody would be surprised if McCoy leaves that team and touches from that backfield right now. You know what I'm saying? So you get a, a, a player like that in your backfield to add that three-headed monster. You know, you still got Tariq Hill, who most people thought was going to be suspended this year coming back. You add a Miko Hardman, who's a blazer from Georgia. You know okay, so we so can't compare Paris Campbell to Miko Hardman? No, man. Paris Campbell wasn't a better receiver at the college level than Miko Hardman? Yeah, he was. Okay, that's I what I'm know, saying. Bro, I'm saying you added uh, uh, to that offense. That, okay, so the, we, the reigning MVP coming back. So, right? so, so Andrew Luck wouldn't have been coming back with Paris Campbell being added to that. You just said Paris Campbell didn't mean anything, but Miko Hardman is going to be the basis of your argument. I'm saying you look at that team and the weapons, and you add a Miko Hardman and with a Travis Kelsey, with a Tariq Hill, with a Sammy Watkins on that team, and you add a special player like that where you can get him out in space. That team, I think, did better in their offseason. I think if you ask anybody, right, who you think gonna who will win between the Chiefs and the Colts, most people, if you put that voting out there, most people will say the Chiefs will win. That's that. not the argument, though. But that, I'm just saying. That's that, what no, I'm no, saying. But, right. but the argument, that's not the argument because I said that the Chiefs would be top three, but you just right. said that they had a better offseason. I don't think that that's so, factual. So we, 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 I think that the Browns, you could say the Browns had a better offseason, but I don't think that that's a fact that the Chiefs I, had a better offseason. I think the Colts at five. That's why yeah, I, I, I think Colts would be top five, bro. Like, yeah, not top honestly. three. But not top that's three. an interesting comment. Maybe Carlos should come over. Yeah, he got to be right here more often. Because you get this true debate right here. Carlos should really come. You know, right. should come and tell him over and record I just know how to get Ramon riled up because if you get to my thoughts not being top three, any year he's going to get him going. You see him in here sweating right now. So we got more on to the NFC, guys. The NFC. Who are your top three teams in the NFC? I'll go first. My Saints. Um... 
The Saints, let me see. I'm I shouldn't win first. Don't even, bro. Don't Wait, even. bro. Don't even. Bro, bro we're not doing tell this. Tell my top no. three, bro. We're not doing this. Let's tell my top three. We're not doing this, bro. Can bro. I tell my top Go three? Go ahead, bro. Don't do it, bro. I'm just trying to tell my top three, bro. Don't Wait, you ain't even got to your top three. <laughs> hey, he getting rumpled, but bro, bro, I get the issue with me saying that my right. team would be top right. three. Now, you ain't even got to say it's your full top bro, three. You ain't even got to think about two of them, bro. That's what I'm saying. Let me see. No, bro, you ain't even got to think about man, two of them. Bro. Come on, man. I gotta pay your respects, I, bro, bro. I got to I gotta be <laughs> Go ahead, bro. You want to let me go, bro? Go ahead, bro. All right, I got my New Orleans Saints as a top three team. Mm-hmm. And then, <laughs> why you doing <laughs> Why you doing uh, bro? <laughs> and then I think the Packers with A-Rod being back, number 12, going to be up to the top three. And then I think the Rams are top uh, three. Okay. Bro, we're about to do some First of all, I want to hear some furniture moving on the podcast. <laughs> no, but I think right now, I think you got to go with the Eagles. You know, the, the one that, that won it two years ago. I like the Eagles a lot. I think, you know, um, Carson Wentz is going to have an MVP season. Um, I like the Rams, obviously, and I like the Saints. You know, the Saints, you know, of course, the last couple of years have had some tough, you know, losses in the playoffs. Um, and I think that team, you know, continues to retool and bring in their main pieces back, you know, except obviously Mark Ingram. But they're pretty much the same team coming back um, this year uh, with adding Latavius Murray in place of Mark Ingram. So I think they're going to be a motivated team. You know, the, the thing, the biggest thing, and I think all Saints fans know this, the biggest thing going forward is, you know, can Drew Brees hold up? You know, can that arm hold up? You know, and if, if it does not hold up, if he starts showing – you know, if he doesn't have that strength in the arm to get the ball downfield and it becomes a hindrance to um, that offense, then I, I don't know if they can make that move where they go to Teddy Bridgewater. Um, but I think, you know, if he can show that he can hold up and then the, the Saints can be a run-heavy team, then I think the Saints will be fine. But if they put it in Drew Brees' hands, you know, I think later on in the year, I don't know if he can hold up. I disagree. I, I mean, I think he – I mean, I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying in, in a sense. I, I get what you're saying. I, I get it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna pick it. Cause I mean, I do think that he didn't throw an exception to like week twelve. Right. But then I mean, the playoffs. You know, he did have a little noodle arm action going. Right. So right. I do think his durability does rely on, on the success of our team. I just thought she was hating on us. So no, 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 not at all. I think the Saints are a scary team. I think the Saints. I think the like I said. I think their biggest weakness is the aging quarterback you know the, the good thing is you guys have some young quarterbacks behind him y'all y'all are really really already preparing for that life at the breeze um so i think if he can hold up and they don't have to use his arm as much early in the year and they can run the ball use Kamara, use latavius murray i think the team is going to be fine but if he has to air it out you know like drew breeze of old you know early in the season i don't know if that arm is going to be there Later on in the year, and I think that's where you're gonna see the game plan change. You know, right, um, bro, we heard you the first time. Bro. I'm just saying, bro. <laughs> I'm just saying. I don't like right how you're talking about Drew Brees, bro. I don't bro. like that, bro. Hey, his, his end wood, is coming, bro. bro. Knock on wood. Bro. His end is coming. Come on, bro. Knock on wood. Let's be bro. real. His end is coming. We got one. It happens to all the greats, bro. bro. Everybody can't beat Tom Brady. Bro. Play forever, bro. Drew doing it though. He's, he's playing into his forties. He's something like Tom. He he playing into his forties. He ain't got six like Tom, but he. All right, bro. All right, now you can now. Right. Right. So so my top three over in the NFC, uh, I would say Saints. I got over there kind of at the top of the pecking order. Well, I don't throw it up there like that, huh? No, I don't like how you said it all the matter of factly like that. Bro, I just see they're the top of the pecking order. You know what? I'm going to move the Saints down in my rankings. <laughs> you know, I'm going to make sure I move the Rams down as well in my nah, rankings. Come on, bro. Nah, my top three, though, I got the Saints, the Rams, and uh, the Eagles over there. I think that the Eagles uh, will no be retooled. Um, no, I think that the Eagles will be better than the Packers. The Packers get secondary and got better. I think, um, I think that the Bears will be better than the Packers. I think that the Bears will be yeah, better in the Packers. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah, that's a good that's a good point. A lot of people not, a lot of people not talking about the Bears, you know. And that's 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 a team that's a team that um that that that's another year like Ramon like mentioning in his argument that has experience, you know, a team that was you know younger that another year into Nagy's offense. I don't want to hear that, man. I don't want to hear what another year can do now. No, 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 no
female argument. Oh, 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 now, now, now another year will make an improvement. But for your coach, no, another year means nothing. What does that mean? Oh, no, bro, I gave respect to his argument. I gave him respect to his argument. I just think, you know, I'm not saying they're a top three team. You know, I just think experience, they may be a top five team. But that's what experience another year do not gives you to top three. So I'm going to just throw that out there. But I think, you know, I think that team is scary. They're defensively, they're the first team to really give a blueprint to shut down the Rams offense. You know, they play that zone, man. Everyone's facing the quarterback on defense. So it's a scary defense. Then you got Khalil Mack, man. That dude, Singer Hanley, I saw, I think, everywhere. The world saw it the Monday night where he Singer Hanley just beat the Packers by himself. And so that, that part of it is scary, you know. It's like if that team get to click in on offense, you know, now they went and got the uh, running back. I can't think of his name um, out of college. You talking about Montgomery? Montgomery. Mm-hmm. Montgomery, nice. You know, they switched him out with uh, Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard is now with the Eagles. Um, I was really interested to see if they if Montgomery can come in and take over that role. And uh, I think they're going to limit Tariq Cohen a little bit this year. And he's not – I think they the coach came out and admitted that they were doing too much with him last year between punt returns, um, getting him the ball, running the ball. And um, I think that he's going to be limited to his touches, you know, maybe 10 to 12 touches a game. Well, I like the Packers because I'm the only one. I guess I'll give a little more context. I just feel like the Packers has gotten better in the secondary. I feel like that's always been their Achilles heel. We all know that they can score. We all know what uh, A-Rod can do. And I, I, I mean, I like Devontae Adams. I mean, just what he's done. I mean, he's had a hundred. What he had a hundred catch, over a hundred catches last year. He's been very efficient. Uh, he runs great routes. You know, you, you saw he put. Uh, you saw he put Ocho Cinco in tears with how he ran routes. So you know, I really like Adam Jones. I think that he's a he's a he's a coming along young back. And we all know that A. Ryan, all he had to do was stay healthy in the Packers. I always have a shot. So I think this year, because because their secondary has gotten better, they're a better team. And I personally, just, I, I just don't like the Eagles. So I just, I mean, I just don't like their fans. So, I mean, <laughs> I mean that's why I put them in there. But I do see it. And nobody said the Vikings, too. Well, I, I think mean, we just quiet. <laughs> I, I mean, the Vikings are going to be a decent team. Maybe 9 or 7, 10 and 6. But the, team, the Vikings haven't been the same in a while, man. I mean... Do we believe in Kirk Cousins at this point? You know what I'm saying? He got his payday and, like, he hasn't shown much. You know, he was supposed to be that upgraded quarterback that they needed, you know, after they had that miracle happen with Case Keenum. But, you know, my bad, Saints fans out there. You should have seen the look Rob gave me. <laughs> if looks can kill, I'll be dead. <laughs> anyway, but, Real funny. <laughs> but, I mean, he hasn't really been that upgrade. You know, I think Dalvin Cook, though, you know, we've seen everybody seen that 85-yard touchdown run he did in the preseason. I'm not a guy that always hype up, you know, right, preseason he runs. Kind of but slow no, no, he had he a second. Kind of slow. No, man, we he had his speed that he that he No, used we're looking at two different yeah. players. <laughs> that dude had hit another gear. Yeah. We've seen it where two cornerbacks were closing in on him, and he ran past both of them till they pretty much ran into each other. That showed another gear, and I think, I mean, again, I don't like the overhyped preseason, but I think. You know, he ready. He ready this year. I, I wasn't touching him. He, he disappointed me last year when he told his knee. Well, let's do it then. All right? Let's do it. NFC Championship, AFC Championship, and and then who's in it and who's winning. Uh, yeah, you want to go lose? I got I got right now, I got the Browns and the Patriots, right, in the AFC. Bro, you love I know. Browns, yeah. bro. <laughs> You know what? Scratch that, man. No, 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 no. You already. You already. NFC. NFC. All right, NFC. I got the Saints and the Rams with a rematch. I'm gonna spank that. We played on week two, so. Bro, why you keep bitching in there? No, I'm just say this. I hope Sean Payton keep talking that trash week two too. You know, more gumbo. Yeah, have a good little gumbo when it comes playoff time. Yeah, that's real cute. As Michael Thomas torch. What, how many catches did he have in the playoffs? It was like four catches for 36 yards. Wait. Yeah, he disappeared in the playoffs. I'm just Marcus Spears wasn't going. Yes, he was. They were zoned, man. Yeah, they yes, he was. Yeah, was zoned. Four catches, 36 yards, but he got that big number one paid contract this year. So he didn't deserve it? I'm just saying. Four catches, 36 yards. Don't look down. <laughs> <laughs> four catches, 36 yards. <laughs> 
Boomer. I'm just talking trash, man. Nah, he 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 a beast, man. He he's a he's nah, still nah, no, nah, I don't worry about no, it. Michael Thomas hit this and you're that bullet, bulletin board material. <laughs> All right, so AFC Championship, unlike Lowe's, I'm not I'm not on the Brown type. I think that um of, of course I think that the Patriots will always be there. I think the Patriots and the Chiefs. I think they meet up in the AFC Championship this year. And I think that the the I think Patriots are winning. Okay. But I think the Patriots That's will a win. rematch from last year. Yeah, too. rematch. Yeah, I mm-hmm. think that the Patriots, I, I think it'll be another rematch. I think it'll be the Rams, barring any injuries, the Rams and Saints in the NFC Championship. And I think that the Saints will finally over, over, you know, overcome, prevail with no bogus calls and <laughs> we'll meet. And then it'll be a Tom Brady battle of the battle of the nursing home quarterbacks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm going to say in the AFC, I got the, the rematch that you mentioned, the Chiefs and the Patriots. Uh, in the NFC, Lowe's ain't going to like this, but I actually Sorry. have the Eagles and the Saints. Um, I really think that the Eagles will bounce back big time this year. Uh, I have the, if we talk about who won the Super Bowl, I have the Saints uh, beating the Eagles. And I also have uh, the Chiefs knocking off the Patriots and there being like the dawn of a new era over there in the AFC. Huge. Okay. Okay. Well. That sounds awesome. Lois, you said your winners, or did I miss I didn't say my winners. I mean, I think the Rams win it all this year. I mean, that's call me fanboying it or whatever, but I think the Rams do come back do come back and win it all this year. So, um, I think that another year, another I think each year the Rams have came a step closer. The first year they got knocked down the first round yeah, by the Yeah, this year y'all cheated. This year we knocked <laughs> off the Saints, you know. Um, you know, and, and Cause the game to be changed, you know, um, and so I think this year they they get all the way there and actually win it, you know, and then go into the off season with the chip. Okay, okay. So who, who you got? Me? Who you say gonna be in the Super Bowl with them? I actually got the another rematch of the the, the Patriots and the Rams this year. All right, there you have it. Those are our predictions, y'all. Hold us to them. We're going to go ahead and get out of here. I think we've done enough NFL preview for y'all. Hope y'all enjoyed. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, Los. A round of applause for Los being in town, man. We we happy to, you know, whenever you are here physically, is way better than, you know, if you not. Right. Pause. But, <laughs> you know, we, you know, it was, it's been fun. We should do it more often. Um. I hope that the listeners enjoy it. I'm sure that they will. Make sure that you're following us on O underscore Benchwarmers on Twitter, Instagram. Make sure that you search us on Opinionated Benchwarmers on any platform that you like to listen to podcasts. Whether it Google be us, shoot. Google Play. <laughs> Google Play, iTunes, uh, Stitcher, and a couple more. Just just like Lowe said, just Google us. Google Opinionated Benchwarmers and find a platform that suits you the best. Uh, make sure that you're giving us feedback. We appreciate all the feedback uh, this weekend. I got a lot of feedback and people saying, hey, look, y'all, like, like it's fire. Y'all doing it. It's dope. Yeah. You know, so if y'all really rocking with us like that, uh, put a friend on and let them know about us. And uh, if you feel inclined to leave a review on our different platforms and let us know how much you love it. And hit us up on Twitter and Instagram with questions about anything y'all have about what we said on here because we stand back. Um, until the next time we record, we'll holler at y'all. Later. All right, peace.